let's talk about the forms in Greek. We're going to start out and we're going to use leo, our weak verb. Now I'm going to put up for you the present and imperfect indicative passive forms of leo. Now, as I put these up, you're going to notice something very interesting. What did you say, Matthew? Smart students see patterns. Yes. That's it. You're going to see that these look exactly, Matthew, like what? Well, I mean, these are the passive endings, but they look like what? <laughs> Don't fall from grace. <laughs> they look exactly like the middle. That's why, and there's this mistake in the cell book in chapter 3, unaccount or not unaccountably, but kind of carelessly, when he gives you the middle endings in chapter 3, he calls them middle passive endings. I scratched that out on his thing because you have to lie more than that. So, what I've got here, my, a, tai, methaste, untai, main, saw, u, ta, methaste, unta, are the same endings as the middle. Oddly, Brown, nothing new to learn here. So, Li amai can be middle, can be passive. Hmm. Now, how are we going to tell the difference? Well, it's going to happen because the passive is going to have an expression, normally, of the personal agency. So, let's take the verb dioko to pursue. And I'll do an imperfect. Ed dioketa. So far from what we've had, that's a middle. And it would mean he was pursuing the slave in his own interest for himself. Now look what we're going to be seeing. He was being pursued. Hupa means by. And it takes the genitive case. He was being pursued by the slave. So, hupa plus the genitive gives you personal agency. Personal agency with a passive verb. What, what's that, Kefi? Hupa plus the genitive. It's a prepositional phrase. That gives you personal agency. 
If you don't have that, but you have an accusative, then you've got the use of a middle. So here's sort of your basic rule. If you have an accusative here in the sentence, this is going to be the object of a middle voice verb. Why? Because a passive formation doesn't have direct objects. Now think about that a second. Passive formations do not have direct objects. Why not? Because the subject of the passive verb is the direct object of the activity. Look over here in the diagram. There is no direct object on the diagram because the direct object's in the subject uh, slot or position. See, that's the point. The direct object of the activity is in the subject slot in a passive verb. So basically then, this means you're not going to have accusatives in a passive sentence. I mean, you might have one after a prepositional phrase that takes an accusative, okay? But, like say, he was being pursued by the slave into the village or something like that. But there's not going to be an accusative then as a direct object because the object of pursuing is the he and he's the subject of the sentence. Are there any exceptions to that? No. Yes, there are, but nothing you have to worry about. Okay, we're back to even. Right? 11 11. 11 11. Good. Good. All right. All right, so here's your basic rule of thumb. When you've got an accusative in a sentence, that is not the object of a preposition. That's not a passive verb. Because a passive verb can't, can't do a direct object. The object of the verbal activity is in the subject slot. The dragon was being sl was slain. See, the slaying, the object of slaying is the dragon. He's in the subject slot now. Dragon was slain by John. So, if it is passive, you will then see hupa plus the genitive. That's the guy doing the activity. That's the guy doing the activity. So, the top sentence is, he was being slain, uh, sorry, he was pursuing the slave in his own interest. The bottom sentence is, he was being pursued by the slave. By the slave. Hupa means by, it takes the genitive, it's another preposition. Notice, please, who was it that asked this point? Was it Peter, uh, or maybe it was the general, about the fact that a preposition pra did not go to that? See, this doesn't go to the diagram. Hupa, it's an abstraction. Okay. Now, I want you to realize that I'm going to change this sentence here for a second. 
let me go, I, I'm going to go away from the imperfect, I'm going to go to the present. Of course, we take the augment, Matthew, take the augment off the front when we're going to the present, and we put on a primary ending. All right, now, Paul, translate the top one. That's the one with the middle. Right. He is pursuing the slave. In his own. You're going to do a little whoop-de-doo in there. Now do the bottom one. Yes, by the slave. Not he is pursued by the slave. See, that's only if it's habitual. He is pursued by the slave no matter where he goes. But normally, you're going to have to express a passive present tense with some whoop-de-doo in there, because if you don't do whoop-de-doo, it's going to turn into habitual action immediately. And that's not the usual way in which that's done. So I like the way you did that. I like the way you did that. He is pursuing the slave in his own interest. He is being pursued by the slave. Or he is, you could say, trying to pursue or something like that. But you've got to have some whoop-de-doo in there. All right? I just want to get that on the track. Now, Gonna need a big one. Big gag bag. What I'm going to show you now is so embarrassing that when I have to introduce this chapter, I almost do not come to class just because this is so embarrassing. I've got to show you now. What happens in the future and in the aorist? We did first principle part, right? Present and imperfect, our first principle part, Matthew. Focus on connection. What do we do with focus on intention, second principle part, focus on the action, aorist? What's on the board right now? Present, imperfect. Look what principle part we've got. See? First principle part. Augmented, imperfect. 